Scofflaws is a show about the history of crime, criminals, and the investigation thereof. There may be discussion of adult themes and generally icky stuff. Also, neither host is a legal professional, and this show does not contain any legal advice. Remember, crime doesn't pay. Unless you're really good at it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Scofflaws, a history of law and disorder. My name is Sean, and joining me as always is my lovely co-host Kate. Say hi, Kate. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh God. Uh, we need a new Kate. Uh. No, you already had to replace me several times last season. <laughs> so again, hi, Kate. Hi. Well, that was wholly stupid. Um, when I was editing last week's uh, episode, I put down notes for jokes I thought of for this episode. But I realized I'm very poor at writing down notes for jokes. Because all, all I have on this piece of paper is the word Witcher underlined twice and the words too late. I have no idea what I meant. I think you referenced it and I didn't understand the reference, so I forgot about it. So I don't remember yeah. what joke you were trying to make. I don't either. Um, anyway, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm pretty sure I just heard something that's going to make me angry outside, but other than that... <laughs> it's going pretty well. How are you? Awesome. I uh, got my flu shot. My arm hurts. I bet. Yeah, this is the first time I actually got a flu shot. Not because I was avoiding it before. I just never like got time to go do it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how long afterwards your arm just hurts. Yeah, they were offering them at work. And I'm still so... uh, Because I'm... I've got health issues. I was never really able to get a flu shot. And now that I'm am, I'm still like not sure if I should. I like I know I should internally, but like I'm afraid of getting very sick from it. Fair enough. But everyone should at least consider getting their flu shot. Yes, because it's important. Herd immunity is important for people like me. Right from the horse's mouth. Hey! It's an idiom. It's fine. Whatever. Alright. What the fuck was I gonna say? Oh, Florida Man Alert! Yeah, you skipped last week. I, You reminded me right at the end, but I, I, I remembered this time. I remembered this time. Um, you forgot to do the theme tune. Ah! Set a damn standard for myself. <laughs> Florida man dressed as Spider-Man spotted power washing roof it's not a crime that's just weird not everything Florida man does is illegal but it's always weird <laughs> you're not wrong nope 
Sometimes Florida Man does good. I think I put it on the Facebook earlier this week that Florida Man invented edible six-pack ring to avoid ocean litter. Yeah, it feeds turtles. Which is a lot better than like, getting stuck in their throats. Yes, it is. Save the turtles. Use reusable. Save- Look, just just don't give an don't give Aquaman a reason to come up here and kick our asses, okay? I mean, he already has several. Didn't he give up on humanity like the first half of the movie? I never saw it. I just saw the previews. I didn't see the movie, but if he did, that's the whole shtick of Namor the Submariner. Of what? Namor the Submariner. It's Marvel's equivalent of Aquaman, only much less popular. Because his name is Namor the Submariner. Okay, but for real though, I kind of wanted to see that. and Or, I mean, read that. Because that actually sounds better. He's tied a lot to Fantastic Four because he has a long-standing crush on Sue Richards. Who's Sue Richards? Uh, Invisible Girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's always like, Sue, leave your husband and join my underwater empire. And Sue's like, you know. <laughs> Ew, I don't like being wet. Also, I need air to breathe. <laughs> nah, Grogills. Also, my brother could never visit. He's made of fire. <laughs> Oh, that makes an awful segue to the topic today. Okay, but to be fair, none of them were burned. The topic today is, actually, for the next two days, Salem Witch Trials! Yay, Salem Witch Trials! That's a weird sentiment. (laughs) So, last season we did an episode that I meant to make two episodes, but kind of only was one, on... The Witchfinders in England from 1647 to 16, excuse me, 1645 to 1647. Now, this is an episode I wish we would have done this season because then I could have made so many good omen jokes. Wait, how? Witchfinder General. Oh, oh. I've never seen it or read it. You, you've never read or watched Good Omens. No. Stop being surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, so anyway, Salem Witch Trials happened in 1692, and we are going across the pond from England all the way and imagine your little boat swimming across the ocean to Salem, Massachusetts, in the British North. The British colony of New England. Now, Kate, you know I only travel by Indiana Jones red airplane lines. Well, it's a boat, though. Like, it can be a red airplane line, but it, like a dotted boat going over it. Because it's 16, All right. it's it's the 17th century. And they had invented a catapult strong enough to fling someone across the Atlantic. They still haven't. That you don't know about. Trebuchet someone over the water. That was one of the things in Area 51. <laughs> Alright, so we're in Salem, Massachusetts. We are, and uh, this is a two-parter because it is such a big thing. Now, like the witch trials in southern England, it only killed like 20 people. I say only lightly. Compared, Those are rookie numbers. Well, but like compared to Scotland, we're like Hundreds of people were killed for being witches. Now, 
I highly recommend you go back and listen to the Witchfinders podcast because we'll talk a lot or we talk a lot in there about the what made society think people were witches in the first place. Uh, spoiler alert, it's mostly women on the outskirts of society. Women who dared to think for themselves. Yeah. So these next couple of episodes, this one, we're going to delve into a brief history of the Puritans and coming to America. And then the next episode... And then give you all flashbacks to reading The Crucible in high school. Oh, God. I actually never read The Crucible. You lucky woman. Uh, it, there, there's a reason. It's because I was in advanced placement English in 11th grade. And we didn't have to read The so, Crucible. So you tested out of The Crucible. I didn't test out of it because I didn't have to take a test to get into AP. But I got out of reading it. But instead, I had to read All the King's Men, which is the worst fucking political commentary in the history <laughs> Of Western literature. <laughs> uh, it was, I, I fell asleep reading it multiple times. Anyway, I digress. Next week, we are going to be talking about uh, different theories as to why these people were condemned of witchcraft, as well as the aftermath, the outcomes, the I'm sorry's tourist trap that is Salem, Massachusetts. All that fun stuff. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, so, the first permanent settlement in the United States was founded at... Do you know where? Oh, my history teacher's going to be so mad at me, but I can't remember. I'll give you a hint. It's on the East Coast. Well, of course it's on the East Coast. They didn't sail around to California. Eh? <laughs> uh... uh Roanoke, isn't it? That's not the first... Per- well, it, they, it didn't last. I'm talking about the one that lasted. The, the first one that didn't mysteriously vanish into the wilderness. Okay, but I have so many... Like, archaeology is saying they didn't really vanish. Anyway. Can't just let me have any fun, can no, you, Kate? No, they, they probably assimilated, is what is commonly thought. Uh, no, but it is in the same area. Like, similar area. Look, you can either, you can either tell me or I can keep giving you shit. It's Jamestown. Jamestown, alright. Jamestown, Virginia, settled in 1607. Named after King James I, who is relevant to this story because he had a whole treatise on witchcraft. The book was called Daemonology. Good name for a book or a heavy metal band. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one may have called it that. Anyway, uh, so that was when the United States was, or when America was discovered. When what would become the United yeah. States? Um, because fucking white people. <laughs> Said by two white people. Yeah. Fucking white people. One of my friends put on Facebook the worst thing about being white is dealing with other white people, and I can see where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at that time, so down in Jamestown, it was about money. It was about 
settling for money and finding the wealth that was this unpopulated, unsettled land. I'm saying using heavy air quotes. And, however, there's a lot of religious stuff that was happening in England and the rest of Europe at this time. So, in the 1500s, there was the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther, basic religious history, where Martin Luther kind of broke away from the Catholic Church. Yep, nailed all his theses to the the door of the church. Yes, he did. And, uh... There was the Moravians who broke off like a hundred years before that. And then you've got King Henry VIII, who in the 1530s was like, nah, dude, I want to divorce my wife. So like Church of England. Um, I'm going to start my own religion with blackjack and hookers. But it's the same thing as Catholicism, except that the priests can marry. What? And kings can divorce. Exactly. Um, So... There's all these religious changes happening, and what came out of a mix of the Church of England and Lutheranism and throwing a little bit of Calvinism, which was the heretical uh, religious at the time, religion at the time, sect. I was trying to think of sect. Uh, You get this lovely thing called Puritanism. Oh... Gotta love anything that calls itself pure. (laughs) Well, so Puritanism isn't really... The seeds of it are planted throughout uh, the 1500s, but it doesn't become a thing until the 1600s. So we talked a little bit about Puritanism with um, the Witchfinders episode. And that... Sorry, I'm... I'm trying to get my dog to not eat a blanket right now. So. That's fine. I can vamp while you're doing that. Because while we were talking, I decided to see if there was actually a band named Demonology. And there is. With an IE? No, just an E. But it looks like all of their songs are religious in nature. Oh. So, yes. So... We talked a little bit about Puritanism and its effect on the witchcraft trials of 1645 to 47, where... To sum it up, didn't help. It didn't help. Well, basically, so Puritans, the biggest thing about them is, slash was, they really didn't agree with anything. They thought that saints and idols were stupid. That there was only God, his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. And flamboyant dress, uh, extravagant food, extravagant drink, anything opulent or decadent or beautiful was considered... Or, to put it in layman's terms, fun. (laughs) Yeah, anything like that was considered a sin. And they decided to to get a crop up their nannies and start hunting witches. Yeah. And they were, the Puritans were kind of forced out of England after the Cromwell reign ended. And by ended, I mean he was murdered. 
violently deposed. Violently deposed. A lot of a lot of kingships end. Yeah. And then the Habsburgs took the throne. And the Puritans were no longer a thing in England or allowed to really be a thing in England. So they ran away. Along with some Dutch reform groups. Just just the whole group of party putters put them on a boat. Yep. Dutch reform were a little more relaxed, but they ended up closer to what is present-day New York City. I say closer to. They lived in Manhattan. But, yeah, so that's how Salem, Massachusetts was established as a Puritan town. Noble starts. You can say so. Now, religion was at the center of this town, obviously. And that was kind of how all this started. So the way that the Salem Witch Trials began were, if you remember from the Crucible, sorry about the squeaking, if you remember the Crucible, the there were these teenage girls that accused women of cursing them. And... It's kind of how it happened in real life. Yep, teenage girls ruining it for everyone. (laughs) So basically, all the women that were accused were outspoken, or they were troublemakers in some way. And they were accused. And all in all, it was upwards of 20 women who were accused of witchcraft. Alright. Hang on. So these teenage girls got busy. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we to recap what we talked about last season briefly, there it was women who were considered outskirts of society, so like if they were wards of the state, if they were um so if they were widowed, if they never had married, if they were uh impaired in some way, be it physically or mentally or emotionally that in some way did not fit into the strictly defined box of this is what a woman should be in a puritanical society. Exactly. So, and I keep saying women, men were also accused and condemned of witchcraft in Salem. Yeah, I think that that's actually the plot of The Crucible is about one of the men that got accused. And of course it is. If I were... If I recall correctly, like it's sort of like a land grab situation where they're trying to like get his land out from under him. Mm-hmm. Which hey, I guess I mean I suppose that is one way to get some more land. Accuse the neighboring farmer of witchcraft. Yes, yes, it is. I'm also just reading my notes. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, in 1692, here's kind of an account of what happened. In 1692, a young person named Betty Paris started exhibiting signs of being uh, cursed, quote-unquote. She... Being witchified. And nobody really... we can ascribe modern day thoughts to it, but everyone thought she was cursed or she was an act of God. Two two and, very different things. Yeah. But 
the reason that her behavior was notable and not just chalked up to a changeling or chalked up to anything else was that Cotton Mather, who was a really prominent preacher in Salem at the time or in the area, was uh, had just published a book called Memorable Providences, where it talked about the suspected witch in Boston, an Irish washerwoman. And, like, the behaviors that she exhibited. Well, this young Betty Paris was showing the same signs. So, the thought was that, you know, Betty may have read this book and got these ideas and was looking for attention. As we ascribe modern day thinking to the past. Yep. No, that... As someone who grew up with a with a teenage girl in the house, that all tracks. Yeah. And this is also really believable because, like, they believed that the devil was, like, super close to Salem at the time. There were uh, Native American wars against the white settlers, understandably, happening all over the Northeast at this time. And they... So they thought that these people were being possessed. So yeah, all in all, seven were afflicted with witchcraft. And and witchcraft in this case and is seven girls. Oh, sorry. Uh, seven girls were seem to have been cursed. Cursed with hiding on their furniture and speaking in tongues. Yeah, basically. They um, and they made a show of it all throughout the town. Nowadays, we just so, call that the TV show jackass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this led people to be like, why are you acting this way? And these girls started naming women that they didn't like. Like you do. Yeah. Like you do if you're a vindictive teenage girl. Exactly. So these, they actually, the three of the girls in February were arrested for being witches. So they were, like, showing signs of being cursed. Um, So there was a little girl named, I don't know if her first name was Tatuba. I can't tell. It's the but anyway, a little unclear. girl named Tatuba. All right. Yes. So what? So the tuba, <laughs> uh, along with Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. The tuba and the Sarahs coming to a theater near you. Yeah. So Tatuba. Well, actually, no, I lied. So these girls were not the ones that were afflicted with witchcraft. They were just. People that the girls that were afflicted with witchcraft didn't like. This this is a really old source. I'm, I apologize. It's from the 1600s. So it's hard <laughs> to dissect. But anyway, real-time historiography happening here. Uh, basically, these were all outcasts of society at this all point. Right. And yes, so... Tituba was some kind of social outcast, but then Sarah Good was a beggar and social misfit, 
and basically lived wherever people would provide her house. And Sarah Osborne was old, crotchety, and hadn't attended church for over a year. Oh, dear. Yes. And this is the beginning. We're going to find out how it ends and what happens to all the women. We will name all the women. We will say their names because their names deserve to be said and find out how they died. Or all the people, I should say, not just women. But how they died. But I will leave you with this inscription that was left at the grave of Rebecca Nurse, who was one of the condemned. Uh, it was, The words were written by John Greenleaf Whittier, and they are inscribed on a monument that marks the grave. It says, O Christian martyr, who for truth could die when all about thee owned the hideous lie. The world redeemed from superstition's sway is breathing freer for thy sake today. That is a moving inscription. And I don't really have a joke for that. that I mean, this is... This is the the end of the beginning, and tomorrow... Well, not tomorrow. Fuck. Can you imagine how hard it would be to do this podcast daily? Oh, I would hate... I wouldn't do it daily. <laughs> Next week is the beginning of the end. Yeah, so right now we just have three women that are sitting in terrible 17th century jail. I don't think you need to append terrible to it. We all imagine 17th century jail is terrible. But all right, um, man, I just realized that it sounds like I'm re- I really hate teenage girls. Listen, like in retrospect, in this episode, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's not that. It's just that I haven't understand. I understand that teenagers in general have an amazing ability just to be shitty people. For real, though. Well, if you think about it, they're dealing with a lot of hormones. They're feeling things that are really just. They're feeling things that are a big. Oh yeah, no, no, it's 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 a transformational and time, and by all means, I understand there's reasons behind it. Teenagers can still be shitty, though. <laughs> that is very true. For reference, really see the entirety of the run of Big Mouth. I love that show so much. Big Mouth is just teenagers being shitty. The cartoon. Yeah, but they learn lessons from it. Yep, and they have hormone monsters. And shame wizards. <laughs> did, I'm sorry, did you call me a shame lizard? Alright. Alright, I need to go eat dinner. Let's find a dumb law. Okay. That's your job. That's my job. While I'm doing that job, uh, if you like the show, please uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us the stars and give us the words. Those both are needed for iTunes to recommend the podcast to other people. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Scofflaws History of Long Disorder, on Twitter at Scofflaws Cast, and if you feel like it's worth kicking a couple bucks to us, there's always our Patreon. Maybe I'll start writing episode notes if you start doing our Patreon, because otherwise I'm not writing them for no one. Well, and, and sooner and sooner rather than later, we're probably going to start doing some bonus content that's going to be locked up, and the and the key to that lock is like. Five bucks. Yeah, exactly. Did you find that dumb law? I got, yeah, I got one here. Good. All right.
In New Mexico, persons mm-hmm. may not spit on the steps of an opera house. Ah, because it is uncouth, sir. Or rather, well, I never, to expectorate on the stairs. Be gone with ye. I don't know why my fancy voice always devolves into Scottish. It was so weird. <laughs> I watched it happen. <laughs> Or listen to it, rather. Oh, you saw oh. it. You saw me do my I little hand flip. Oh, I did. You can't talk fancy without a hand flip. All right. This has been Scofflaw's History of Law and Disorder. My name is Sean. This has been my co-host, Kate. Say bye, Kate. Bye, Kate. <laughs>